Hey guys, what's up? This is Jacques. Welcome back to Unpopular. This is a special episode to recap the premiere of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because it's The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Of course, I'm going to dedicate a whole episode to it. It's the biggest and best housewife show. We've all been waiting for this. And I actually argued with someone the other day on Twitter. Actually, I didn't argue with them. I It was going to turn into an argument and I removed myself. I disengaged from the situation because I knew where it was going. And I can't even remember what the tweet was that I responded to, but I think it was someone complaining about how the Housewives of Atlanta hasn't got a new title card except Beverly Hills always gets a new one each season. I think it was that. And yes, they do need to update the Atlanta title card. Like, I don't understand why they don't. They don't do that with Jersey either. Jersey has really high ratings. A lot of them they don't bother with, but they always do it with Beverly Hills. And then I responded to the tweet and I'm like, well, you know, people forget that Beverly Hills just overall is like the biggest housewife show. I mean, currently I believe it's the highest rated one on Bravo. For many years, Atlanta was the highest rated one on Bravo. But even that aside, globally, Beverly Hills is the biggest show. And then, oh my God, you you thought that I would have screamed the N-word when I said that. Suddenly I start getting all of these replies, no, Atlanta's bigger, I live in South Africa and Atlanta's the biggest over here. And it's like, well, okay, I'm sure it is bigger in South Africa. But I couldn't reply that because then I'm like, oh, my God, then now if I reply, yeah, I'm sure the Housewives of Atlanta's bigger in Africa, then we all know how that's going to be interpreted. Like, I can't go – I cannot do another year of, like, interpreting – you know, global race relations through, like, the fucking real housewives. Like, it's just too much. And by the way, I know that the Housewives of Atlanta is big in Africa because if you go on YouTube and you type it in, there's a lot of African bloggers recapping it, and they actually have a lot of those um, non-Bravo but Housewives-branded shows all across Africa now. They've got – I actually can't even remember them, but they've got them in, like, Nigeria and South Africa and all over the place. So, yes, it is very big there, but – Overall, the Housewives of Beverly Hills is the number one. Like, do you think I don't know that? Okay, I literally work like directly with Hey You. I work at the fucking Daily Mail, which is like the biggest English language news site in the like in the world. And okay, and it's got branches in the UK, America, and Australia. And like, I just in terms of what gets talked about the most, what gets the most press coverage, like what rates the highest on like streaming internationally and stuff. It's Beverly Hills. Like I think everyone knows this and I'm like, I cannot, I can't argue with these people on Twitter who like aren't even in the industry and like don't even understand like, yes, Atlanta's bigger in South Africa. Whoa, there you go. Beverly Hills is bigger everywhere else. I'm sorry if that upsets you. I'm sorry if you interpret that as some kind of like racism thing. It's really not. It's just that Beverly Hills is the most popular. I'm not saying it means that Beverly Hills is the best. I'm just saying that that happens to be the most talked about and the most popular overall, okay? I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings. Um, Anyway, the taglines are okay. Some of them are okay, but I just feel like I just would, I, for Beverly Hills, I would like the taglines to be leveled up a little bit. You know, I want to be wowed by the taglines and I wasn't wowed. Um, So the episode opens up, oh my God, okay, so they're doing the intro packages where they're showing everyone and what they're up to and then they they cut to a scene, you can't see who it is, and then you hear Garcelle's voice going, mm, you know, I like it deep and hard, and then, of course, you know that she's just getting a massage or something, and yes, then the camera goes and she's getting a massage. I am so sick of this. They do this on so many housewife shows and so many reality shows, it'll be like, 
oh, baby, that hurts so good. And then you just see that they're, like, working out. It's like, please stop it. Like, we know at this point no one's getting fucked. Like, we're not about to cut and see someone doing, like, anal sex and gaping into the camera. Like, we know they're just, like, shoveling something in the backyard or, like, doing some lunges. So, please stop with pretending someone's having sex and then cutting to them doing something just really boring and regular. Um, So, Garcelle's first scene is with Sutton. They're in Miami. Garcelle is doing charity work, and then Erica's first scene is with Lisa Rinna, and you can t- tell from this opening already that it's very strategic because they want to show Sutton. They want to okay. First of all, they want to establish the teams because the producers are like they tell you who you, who to go and have lunch with and who to meet up with, and then. Out of all the things they've recorded, this is the first stuff that they chose to open this season. So they want you to see Erica and Lisa Rinna together as their little duo, and then they want you to see Sutton and Garcelle. And then even what they're talking about is strategic, because with Garcelle, it's like she's doing um, charity work and Sutton's there to support her. And then with Lisa Rinna and Erica, first they talk about Erica getting laid, and then they start um, bitching about uh, Sutton, and it ends up with, you know... Lisa Rinna cackling and acting like she's going to drag Sutton. So, you know, I mean, it is what happened. It's a reality show. So, this is what happened. I'm just saying the way they place that and put that at the start, they're already wanting you to think a certain way about these people. Oh, Lisa says one thing that caught me. Lisa said that sales for Rinna Beauty are through the roof. I don't know about that. Look, I'm the biggest Lisa Rinna fan on the planet. Are the sales really through the roof? for Rinna Beauty. I am interested to know, is it being sold on QVC? Because I know she sells a lot of stuff on QVC. I guess if it's on QVC, maybe the sales are through the roof because once you get on QVC, it's like you're made, you know. And Lisa Rinna's a really good salesperson. But I was just, it gave me flashbacks of Kim Zolciak at the Housewives of Atlanta reunion when she said that uh, Cashmere Collection made $15 million in its first year. I'm like, Cashmere Collection didn't make $15 mil in its first year, girl. Like, stop. So, question mark on Rinna Beauty sales through the roof, to be determined. Uh, and Erica says that, you know, she's getting back into dating and that she is not really interested in finding love right now. She just wants to have good sex. And Lisa Rinna is like, you've never done that before. And Erica goes, oh, not really. And I'm thinking, mm, girl, you have. Like, I don't think that Erica was out here like, you know, getting pounded up and up and down like she was on Grinder or something. But I do feel like she probably every now and then would have like slept with a backup dancer or something like that. But she probably really has repressed a lot of her sexuality. Like that was probably one of the prices that she had to pay being with Tom. So now that now that she's out of this relationship with Tom and she's also going through a really hard time with like the lawsuits and everything and the backlash that she's getting, she probably, and I think she's being a little self-destructive at the moment because we see in the season trailer, she's like drinking too much and lashing out. So that to me shows someone in the headspace that probably is just out like having a lot of like random casual sex instead of you know, trying to settle down and get a serious relationship. Then there's this whole thing about Lisa Rinna and Sutton feuding over this Elton John party because, okay, so Sutton came out and she said that Lisa Rinna didn't thank her for inviting her to this Elton John party, but then Lisa Rinna has come out and she said, well, we go to this party every year and we weren't there as a guest of yours. I don't know. I don't know who's telling the truth. Someone on – some fucking troll on Twitter – tweeted me about it and they were like um 
you know, this proves that Lisa Rinna's lying, but um, Jacques's going to deny it because he'll just hate on Sutton. And, you know, it's like, I, I don't know. I don't even understand the feud properly. I'm sure Sutton, okay, Sutton's telling the truth. I'm not, trust me, I'm not losing sleep over it. People tweet me those things like, you're going to deny this. And it's like, guys, like I watched the show and I ran about it on the podcast and then I go back to my real life. Like I'm not stomping around like fuming over if – Sutton was right. I don't know who's telling the truth. Like, it's whatever. I'm sure either one of them's right. I It's not going to change the course of my life. Also, you know, one thing that people don't understand right about this feud with Lisa Rinna and Sutton, the reason that Sutton said that was because, remember last season, Lisa Rinna said to Garcelle, she was like, um, you didn't say thank you for Harry Hamlin's sauce. And then Garcelle's like, I did say thank you. And then she's like, well, you should have said like another thank you. People don't understand that Lisa Rinna was trolling in that moment. I don't understand how people don't get that because Garcelle was finding things to jab at people about out of thin air and just kind of creating issues with people and jabbing at them. So Lisa Rinna, being a total troll, just flipped it back on her and was like, you know what, girl? You really didn't thank Harry for the sauce. Like, that was a troll move. I don't understand how you guys can't see that. It's... It, your judgment is very clouded right now. Um, and I know that you guys that are sort of riding with the wrong team right now, eventually you'll come back and you'll watch the episodes and you'll see it through a different lens. Like a lot of us supported Kim Richards back in the day. And then when you go back and watch a lot of Kim Richards scenes, you're like, oh, wow, she's just like a toxic, like she's just a typical toxic addict who blames everyone else for her own problems and literally takes no responsibility and you know, lies and just, you know, she, I mean, she has a lovable side, but she has a lot of fucking issues. Um, what else? Lisa Vanderpump, classic example. You know, a lot of us all loved Lisa Vanderpump in those early days. And now you go back and watch her scenes and it's so beyond obvious when she's like poking at people and trying to manipulate something like, like Helen Keller could see it, you know, it's, it's so blatant there. Um, but at the time, you know, we were kind of clouded. So a lot of the the Sutton stands are, are clouded to certain things, which there's some more stuff that I'm going to get into, which I don't know if people are seeing through it yet because the Beverly Hills viewers, they're stupid. Um, we also get uh, Crystal and Sutton hanging out together and just being besties. I wasn't, a f- I just wasn't a fan of that. And like Crystal's just, they're showing Crystal as too nice and normal, which I guess she is, but we got glimpses of like bitchy crystal last season. And when I was watching this scene of her and, you know, her and Sutton being like, you know, we, we made amends. We're besties now. I'm like, you know, the producers need to torture crystal a little bit. Like they need to make crystal really uncomfortable and put her in situations that she really doesn't want to be in, which is like what a good reality producer should be doing. So like her, you know, her bitchy cunty side starts coming out because, it's giving right now it's giving too normal and well adjusted and you know i don't want to see that um okay so there's some foreshadowing with erica drinking too much we saw that in the trailer um with her like getting drunk and lashing out she says at one point she's put on all this weight through covid which she did look a little chunkier in the confessional not gonna lie like she's still gorgeous but i i don't know maybe it was the styling also oh my god her styling's like you really notice the difference with the styling, I think, since she lost the glam squad. Like, again, she still looks good, 
but it's like you went from like phenomenal to good, you know, like there is there is a drop down in that, but she's doing the best she can. Uh, and she said that she was getting blackout drunk and like waking up with Taco Bell wrappers everywhere. I mean, I don't drink, but I've definitely been there over COVID with waking up with the, you know, last night's like cheesecake wrapper or something. So related to that girl. Um, so Garcelle and Erica, by the way, okay. Can I just interject? I feel so stupid because I usually don't do this type of recap where I just go, like, actually, to be honest, I'm so against these recaps. We're like, and then they did this. Like, I hate that. It's a whole thing of, they're so boring. So many podcasts do. I'm doing it now and I'm listening to myself and I'm like, oh my God, why are you being like a generic Bravo recapper? But it's, look, it's Beverly Hills, okay? It's for the premiere. So, yes, I am going to go through it. Um, Garcelle and Erica, they're at the gym, right? They meet up. Garcelle finally has the balls to defend Sutton, um, to to defend uh, Sutton um, to Erica's face, which it's taken a hell of a long time. I remember last year everyone was like, you know, Garcelle's the only one in Sutton's corner. It's like, yeah, in a con- the confessionals. She doesn't say fucking shit in person to anyone. But now she finally presses Erica a bit and she's like, girl, are you going to apologise to Sutton? You threatened her. Like, that was scary. And Erica's like, fuck no, uh, I'm not. Um, Sutton's a bitch. Sutton was spreading all this stuff about me that wasn't true, repeating claims that weren't true, which they weren't. Sutton was behaving like a Twitter troll saying, you know, that Erica had $20 million in her LLC that she's spending on her glam and all of this bullshit. So Erica's like, fuck no, I'm not um, forgiving Sutton. Fuck that bitch. Uh, and then the producer asks Erica, oh, so no, Erica also says something about like, She doesn't say it's been dismissed. She says, oh, so many of these things have been disproven, which they have been disproven. Like, oh, my God, guys, just go listen to Zach Peter if you don't. He does a really good job of it. He gets all the lawyers on there. You guys know that I'm bad with legal terms and stuff, so I try not to get into the legalities of it. But I had Zach Peter on to explain it to me and- He's really good at all that. He's just really into it. And, like, we know that it's bullshit. Like, it's been disproven. And then the stuff that me and Zach, like, when I've, I've had Zach on multiple times, but I know when we really did these Erica things, like, a lot of the stuff we said as time went on, like, it was, you could see that it was true more and more. So, I don't know what else to tell people. You know, I don't really, I, I don't want to feel like I have to constantly rehash her legal issues every time because it's been done to death but yes so many of the things that people have said have been just like so many things have been disproven it's like the the conspiracy theories are totally out of control and the producer asks erica about it and he's like so what has actually been disproven and she goes go look it up yourself she's like if people want to know they can look it up bravo can do their due diligence i don't give a shit and i know that 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 definitely triggered people on twitter because they're like she doesn't care about the victims um but it's like how many like it's like how many times can you ask her this shit and say things that are untrue over and over again? Like eventually she's just gonna be like, I'm moving on. Like, okay, I'm doing what I've gotta do. I'm moving on. If you care to know, look it up yourself. And I do that because I have okay, I have this one girl that follows me, she's a bachelor fan on Twitter and, you know, we're friendly and stuff. She's fucking annoying. I like her, but she's annoying because she got into Housewives like a year ago because of the Erica stuff. And she believes, she believes every Twitter rumor. So she'll believe all the stupid things like, um, 
Oh, didn't didn't Erica fund like Rinna Beauty? Like you know all those like stupid like she believes all of those and she'll like she tweets them to me all the time, like DMs them to me. And at first I'll like try to respond to be like, oh actually this isn't true. Like stop believing these rumors. And then eventually she like sends me things and it's like I don't even have a response. I'm like I'm not I can't waste time out of my day and explain to you why this isn't true. like fucking look it up yourself properly like don't just send me this some stupid fucking like speculative twi- like I can't handle it um I'm going to play I'm going to play this up and Adam clip I think it's Ronald Richards was on up and Adam this was from 6 months ago so about the time when Erica filmed this and it's showing how it, it's proving what I'm saying what Erica's saying okay so what else can I tell you, fucking people? Lisa H um, asked, Edelson found a direct link of the money from the Boeing case to Erica. Is that true? I mean, that's what he said in his papers, but unfortunately, it's really not true to the extent that money came in with a bunch of other settlements and then it went out to a bunch of different vendors, including American Express, which also the Girard, Tom Girardi had an American Express card. When money came in, they paid a bunch of bills. It didn't like go to her specifically. And even my $25 million claim, I never said it went to her specifically. And she became very cooperative, provided me all the discovery. I had all my reports done. Though I've been hard on Erica and nasty to her. I'm never going to exaggerate the evidence. I mean, it is what it is. And everyone should look at the docket. Erica answered my complaint, not even a motion to dismiss. She answered it because she tr- was trying to cooperate. Whether you hate Erica because she flaunted wealth on TV and her husband is a total crook um, and you think her divorce is a sham, which, you know, I've read a lot of emails. It, it didn't look like that to me on the stuff that I've read. Uh, the last question was, how do I know that Jay Edelson doesn't have direct evidence? Well, I, I mean... The the evidence is money came in from settlements and went in the trust account and then was dispersed to a bunch of people, namely credit cards. So you, that's not direct evidence. That's just an argument that, hey, the money must have flowed to her. But at the end of the day, it, there's not like wires from the trust account into Erica's account. Okay, Sage, you hear that? And um, you want to know another thing for a conspiracy theory? And I can't believe Teddy. Teddy actually had to come and debunk this. People on Twitter, and I was seeing this for ages, were saying that with Dorit's robbery, because Dorit got robbed, um, that Teddy's husband did her security. So then they're like, oh, see, it was a setup. Like, you know, Teddy was involved. And like, why isn't his security system working? And like, Teddy came out on Twitter and she's like, guys, like, you know, Eduardo, whoever her husband is, like, he didn't fucking do her security. Like, I literally was seeing tweets of this the other day, people, like, people just repeat this stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, where do you get this from? And then Dorit was also on Watch What Happens Live, and Andy's like, why, you know, didn't your security work? And Dorit said that, um, she said she turned it off because the kids get up, Jagger and Phoenix get up at night, and they wander around, it trips the alarm sometimes, so she had turned it off. Now, whether Dorit staged the robbery or not, like, that's another... I don't think she did. Um, some people are saying that it was staged, but Dorit didn't know about it, but someone else staged it. Guys, I don't fucking know. Like, if some evidence comes out that she staged it, I'll talk about it for then. Like, until then, like, I'm just choosing to believe her. Like, I'm not going down the rabbit hole of, oh, my God, Dorit faked her robbery for, like, you know, storyline or because they're in debt or something. Like, if that's the case, it's going to come out eventually like we'll learn some things but for now i'm just choosing to believe her and i'm not gonna 
I'm not getting into this bullshit of like, you know, Teddy, Teddy's husband did her security and just like, it's just ridiculous. It's insane. You know, I was also thinking with Dorit being robbed, thank God Kyle was not the one that's robbed because like Kyle has such bad anxiety. Like Kyle will see like a fucking bumblebee and she's having a panic attack. Like even we see in this episode after Dorit's robbed the next day, Kyle's like crying and like shaken and like no makeup and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, can you imagine if Kyle was the one that got robbed? She wouldn't have been able to film for... Like, she would have been in, like, the, a mental institution with, like, padded walls. She would have been so broken from it. So, I mean, not that anyone could probably break into Kyle's house because I'm sure her security system's much better and they don't turn it off at night. But, uh, yeah. So, Sutton comes Sutton comes over to Kyle's and Kyle's crying. This is the scene that everyone's talking about. And Sutton just starts talking about herself because Kyle's like sitting there crying and shaking. Like, I just feel so bad for those kids and for Dorit. It's horrific. And Sutton's like, well, I've been putting out fires myself all day too. And Kyle's like, oh, what? And she's like, my French designer that I booked to do my interior hasn't called back yet. And Kyle's like, oh, are you serious? Like, I thought you were going to say something, you know. Sutton's like, well, it's all relative. I mean, God, I wasn't I wasn't held at gunpoint. And uh, Sutton came out a few days ago and did an interview before the episode even aired, Damage Control, going, oh, I really, I really regret saying that. And she had some, like, excuse for it and some spin. Um, let me tell you guys, like, this is Sutton's real personality. And someone like her, you can't... You can't hide that shit forever. Like, yeah, she, I'm sure she's just a typical self-involved, like... Beverly Hills socialite. You know, it is what it is. I know people have, um, you know, basically knighted her or they think that she um, is, you know, the fucking, like, long-lost, like, cousin of Jesus Christ himself because she called out Erica, you know, once or twice in an episode. But you will see more of this being the real Sutton. Now, as far as TV goes, it was amazing television. Like, the lack of self-awareness, the self-involved, like, it was very Ramona Singer. So, uh, on that level, yeah, I fucking loved it. Like, it was great TV. Like, that's what we want to see on TV. Like, these delusional, you know, delusional narcissists and all of that. Like, it's fun to watch. But I'm just saying, you know, for people that um, are standing Sutton out of some kind of, like, moral, uh, <laughs> like, moral as a morality thing, like, this is Sutton. And you'll see more of that, I think, over time because you just can't hide that forever, you know? So, I think more and more glimpses of that will come out. And then Sutton, for the rest of the scenes, just starts randomly going after Erica. Um, First, she's like, she says how she's dating as well, but she's like, you know, I don't need a man with money like Erica. You know, I guess Erica needs someone to pay for her, for her diamonds and her glam, but I have my own money, you know? Um, I'm not superficial like Erica. It's like, Sutton, you got your money because you married, like, some banker or fucking, well, what are the, what, a hedge fund or what? You know, she married one of those people. Like, that's bitch. That's how you got your money. And then you got a big divorce settlement and you bought this, like, failure of a store that's a complete flop that no one goes to. The only people going to that Sutton boutique are, like, Midwest housewives fans that are, like, in the area and, like, touring because they want to get a photo out the front of the Sutton store. And soon, even though you've probably got designer clothes in there now, you're just going to be selling fucking housewives merch out of there like Meredith Marks is out of her store because I know people that have gone to the Meredith Marks store some of my listeners and they've come back and reported and they're like yeah it's just filled with fucking like Brooks Marks tracksuit pants and stuff so girls stop like you married for money as well also let's be real about it 
Erica can get a man with money because she's Erica fucking Jane and she looks like Erica fucking Jane. Like, you are not that girl. Like, no, at this at this point in your life, no, you can't just waltz in and get a hot billionaire to, like, fly you around. Like, maybe when you are younger you could and you had the southern manners and you seem like, oh, she'll be the perfect little southern wife for me and um, she'll be sensible and she can do dinner parties and she'll fit in with my lifestyle. But now, girl, like... You're not that girl, okay? Erica is that girl. Erica can get a rich man if she wants. Like, this is classic Shangela and Mimi I'm First, like, season one of Drag Race. Like, if I want a sugar daddy, I can get a sugar daddy. You'll never get a sugar daddy because you are not that girl. And I am. Like, Sutton is Mimi I'm First, and Erica Jane is Shangela, and that's just what it is. So, don't act like you can just waltz in and get a rich man if you want because you can't, and um, you'll probably be dating younger, attractive men that are with you for your money. So, yeah, you will be the Tom Girardi in this situation. So I hope you enjoy that. Then also she goes into this other rant about Erica that was it was so contrived. Oh yes, so this uh, this troll also tweeted me going, he'll just say this is contrived, but like it's it is. I'm so do you have a brain? Like anyone with a brain could see this was so like to Twitter because it didn't even make sense. So Kyle, um Kyle said something about Erica and she was like, look, I know that Erica seems, you know, really cold and scary, but she does, like, she puts on this front, and I guarantee, like, she goes home and cries every night. And Sutton's like, Erica cries every night. What about the, the widows and orphans? Like, I'm concerned about their tears. Like, they're going home crying every night. Spare me with the pity party about Erica. It's like, oh, my God, girl. Like, you're just, like, were you reading tweets when you filmed this confessional? It was so embarrassing. We already know that Erica didn't directly steal money from widows and orphans. It's I actually, we've repeated widows and orphans so much that it's become this tag. What percentage of out of everyone is widows and orphans? And what percentage of those can you link directly to Erica? I don't know, because it's like now, even though it's not true and so much has been disproven, like, yeah, now the tag follows Erica Jane everywhere that it's like she went and people think that she went into an orphanage and um, stole an orphan's like piggy bank and then went and paid for a facelift with it. You know what I mean? And it's just following her around. And, like, Sutton knows that it's not true now. Like, of course Sutton knows. Like, Sutton, if Sutton read the LA Times article, remember she was the only one that read the whole article last season, so she obviously keeps up with things. And she knows it's not true, and she chooses to repeat it because it sounds good, and she's trying to play that position. And I actually think I think it's going to blow up in her face eventually. Uh, I think that... For her, I think that because she's not being completely authentic in the way she's playing to the audience, and I think that people, just as the case continues to go on, I think more people will see it. So I'm sure that it got a good reaction from the people that like to sort of just be told what they want to hear. Um, you know, I, I probably got a they pro- people probably loved it. I saw like Queens of Bravo and stuff <laughs> quoting it. Um, because Queens of Bravo, like, sh- no shade to Queens of Bravo, but. You know, they they just like to just post whatever will get the most engagement. But I think that it's going to blow up in Sutton's face eventually. Um, and then they all meet up at Dorit. Uh, they all meet up with Dorit then the next day at Kyle's house um, after Dorit's break-in, after the robbery. You can tell that Dorit's in shock. Like, she, you can just see that she's in shock, but it's also like... It's less than 24 hours and she's in there with the camera crew, like, filming. And I was like, good for you, girl, because, I mean, you're on a reality show. Like, this is a huge platform um, and this is a huge thing that happened in your life. Like, it kind of wouldn't be fair to the viewers 
if you didn't film as soon as possible. Now, of course, if you were Kyle Richards and you were robbed and obviously you're just mentally unfit because, you know, Kyle wouldn't be, Kyle would be like, you know, she would have, she would have armed security around her and be like crying and stuff in her bed. She wouldn't be able to leave. Like, She'll be a mess. Like, I understand if, like, mentally you can't do it. But Dorit was obviously strong enough to do it. And I appreciate that she got herself together and got the cameras there as soon as possible because you're being paid a lot of money. You're on one of the biggest reality shows in the world. Like, we want to see into your life. Like, we want like we want to see into – like, we want to get an insight into this robbery. Like, as we want to get right in there and see everything. So, I just thought that was a good move from her because I've been critical of her – um, for the last few seasons of when she's held back a lot of her opinions and she's just tried to rely on her fashion. Like, I never disliked Dorit. I just didn't like when she put more emphasis on how she dresses and her fashion instead of, like, and I hate her fashion too. I can't stand it. So, it was like, you know, you, you're getting rid of your personality and you're just letting the style do the talking. So, for her to let us into such, like, a big moment in her life, I was like, I appreciate this. Um, and then she gives this really dramatic retelling of of the robbery and, you know, like, I thought they were going to kill me and, you know, shoot Jagger. And I have to say, like, I – it made me laugh. And not, the, not that I'm, like, evil, but it was just so over the top. Like, because I was kind of, like, I was really concerned for her. And then, by the way, I started crying later on because it was, it was very emotional. Like, I was very moved by it. But it was kind of like I would go from, like, crying over it to, like, laughing at it because it was so – fucking dramatic and just the way that she was telling it and she was like getting down and doing prayer hands like i was like is this a lifetime movie um and then at one part like kyle's dogs start barking outside and dorit's like having these vietnam war flashbacks of her robbery like carl please please go find out why the dogs are barking i can't take it have the robbers return to finish the job and she's like freaking out and then like garcelle strolls in i'm like oh my god this Bitch, that's scarier than the fucking robbers, Garcelle coming in. Like, Garcelle won't rob you, but she will jab you and gaslight you to death until all of her dumb fans call you a racist. So, um, I think I'd rather deal with armed burglars than Garcelle's um, passive-aggressive psychological torture. Uh, and then um, PK comes, finally, and it's the first time – I didn't realise they were going to show this – it's the first time that PK and Dorit see each other because he was in London when she got robbed and I can't believe they caught it on camera and um I definitely cried when PK came in but it it was again it was like so over the top because he's like you know I just just want to hold you baby I can't wait to get home and hold you and she's like PK hold me I'm so scared and she's like she's so skinny and he's like really big and she's like throwing herself into his arms and I was like totally crying he's like it's all right baby It was just, like, so, so OTT, like, I couldn't deal. Um, and then when they leave, Dorit has, like, another breakdown outside. I definitely think it was real. Like, look, some of some of her confessionals felt a little put on because some of the confessionals they film, like, you know, quite a while after. So, I felt like maybe she was bringing up the, you know, just trying a bit with the confessionals. But this scene when she started crying outside, it was definitely real. She was definitely in shock. She's not that good of an actress. So I think people thinking that she's completely faking it. It's just, I just think it's it's too far for people to, I mean, yeah, the most I'll give people is that if it was there was some kind of staging involved that she was unaware of it. I don't know. I don't even. I don't even like saying that. I'm putting it out there because, like I said, I'm just choosing to believe her. Um, 
And yeah, it was really sad. I did cry. And it reminded me of the stuff that I liked about Dorit when I see Dorit just being her honest self. Uh, And, you know, one thing about Dorit is that, okay, first of all, when people hated her when she came on the show, that was when she was my favorite. When she first joined with PK, I always loved her and PK as a couple. I was never on the PK hate train. Like, PK is very popular now, but when he first joined, people really didn't like him. Um, He got this sort of bad edit with... Uh, with Erica, because Erica was very popular at the time, and they said that he was looking up Erica's skirt. I mean, he was just stating the obvious. If someone comes in a mini skirt with no panties on, your eyes are going to wander. It is what it is. They also, Kyle and Lisa Vanderpump kind of set Dorit up a bit that season with this whole panties thing. They're like, oh, give these panties to Erica. She'll she'll love it. So then Dorit thinks she's giving Erica like a fun gift and then Erica like loses it. Um so Dorit was kind of set up there and I always thought that all the years that I've watched, you know, Dorit on Beverly Hills, she never or rarely, she, I never really see her go after people or try to be mean to people unnecessarily. Um I've always kind of thought she just kind of keeps to herself and she's sort of nice. And I like when she voices her opinion. I hate when she holds back. And I've always thought she's a good mom and she really, really loves her kids and she really loves PK and it just really comes through. And I always think it's she just seems like a good mom and a good wife and I like their union. I enjoy watching it. Um, so, yeah, and I, I'm glad that we're getting some more real stuff from her again this season because uh, – you know, she's really a great housewife when she's being authentic. She's only ever a flop when she tries to ride the fence and strut around a hideous, um, you know, curated, like, Fendi head-to-toe outfits. That's when I can't stand her. Um, so, it was an amazing premiere. Absolutely loved it. So good. Uh, I'm excited to talk about it for the season. Um and the whole trailer looks great. Yeah, very excited. So, yeah, tell me what you think. I assume everyone liked it. I haven't heard anyone say anything negative about it. Um, and, yeah, all right, thanks for listening, guys, and I'll see you um, maybe Monday. Look, you know what? Maybe I'll take Monday off because I've given you this episode. We'll see. But can you fucking hear that dog? Can you hear it? I don't know if it's picking up on the mic. That My dog problem, guys, if you follow me on all my different platforms and I talk about different places I'm dealing with, a situation with the barking dog next door and um it that dog may not last that that dog may not be around a lot longer okay it's gonna go the way of lucy lucy apple juicy soon all right thanks for listening guys and uh i'll see you soon make sure you're following me on social media at unpopular jp on twitter and instagram make sure you are uh, following me on Patreon if you want to support me, get extra content, patreon.com slash unpopularjp. Um, thanks a lot for listening. Bye. I'm a